It was 2008, BET had a Hip Hop vs. America mm -hmm. show. I don't know if any of y'all had seen that. We show in our class, we show bits and pieces. But it had T.I., Nelly, Michael Eric Dyson. And it was the first time that I had seen people kind of discuss hip hop in that manner. Not just, I like this beat, but what effect does this have on society? Why are rappers rapping about this? Are they bringing social awareness? And um, so ever since I saw that, I just, I wanted to analyze hip hop with a sociological lens. So both with this class, we were using hip hop to teach sociology, but we're also using sociology to look at hip hop. survey type sociology class because they just want multiple choice exams in a mouth. So they'll read how many pages do we have to write? Well we do a social problems application paper where they have to choose a social problem, they have to prove that it exists with some sort of statistics, and then they have to talk about how culture has reflected on hip-hop, like the broader problem reflects in hip-hop culture. So first off, we were talking about religion this week. I gave a lecture on religion on Tuesday. And, you know, just in general, I know y'all talked about religious hip-hop. So what are your thoughts, especially, you know, with, with guys like Lecrae, who just dropped Church Close too. Y'all haven't reviewed that one yet. That just came out. Right. So what are y'all's thoughts on an artist who is attempting to have an explicit religious message um, in their mixtapes or their albums? Yeah. There, there kind of tends to be um, a few different types of religious artists. You know, you have the ones that, you know, get on the microphone and just preach the entire time. They just, you know, God, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Then you have, hallelujah, yeah, yeah, amen. Then you have the ones who will try to mask the message behind something else. You know, uh, this album is about hockey. And then by the end of the album, you realize, oh, the hockey puck, you're the hockey puck, and Jesus is the stick. And, you know, <laughs> then you have the ones that just talk about everyday life. You know, they just talk about what's going on in the world, and they just happen to throw a religious message in there every now and again. And don't curse, probably. And, I mean, I don't, you know, some of them, no, yeah. some of them do saying, curse some now. Of them, some of them try not yeah. to curse. But uh, I'm more supporting of the latter, the last one. You know, I don't mind a religious message. I just don't want to be beaten over the head with it. That's just me. Yeah, you don't feel like you're going to Bible study every time you put on the record. <laughs> no, I didn't like going to Bible study when I was a child, and I don't so want to go like as a 35-year-old man. Yeah, when you put on the record, so. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind on the fence with Mike. Like, I don't mind you having a positive message and, you know, about Jesus or whatever, but, yeah, just don't. I don't want to feel like I'm going to church. If I go to church Sunday already, I don't want to hear when I'm listening to a record, you know, or a CD or an album or every time, so. I, I, I feel exactly the same way as everybody else on this topic. Um, I actually, I always like, um, in terms of religious topics, I like Mike's opinion on it. Um, again, you know, I'm, I'm going to just regurgitate what they said. I, I don't, I don't want to hear you preaching to me, you know, because I have my own opinion. I have my own relationship with God. I don't need you to tell me what mine should be. You know, I, I should be able to formulate that on my own. So, you know, it, and, and like with Lecrae, I think... Um, I think first and foremost he's a great hip hop artist. He's a great rapper. 
the fact that he raps about religious topics, that's perfectly fine. You know, that's perfectly fine because he's not preaching to me. You know, and the first thing that jumps off off the, the, the headphone when I listen to him is he's a dope artist, first and foremost. And I think that a lot of Christian or religious rappers, they miss that mark. You know, they put themselves in that in, in that box and then how do you get yourself out or how, how can you expand or you know just be bigger than that 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 christian label and a lot of them can't do that because they're not hip-hop artists first in my opinion you can change your sound like lecrae you know to pull in a bigger audience i mean you if you look at his career from the beginning until where he's where he's at now and church clothes uh, the first church church clothes he put out was had a completely different sound than the stuff he put out before and it was a little bit more accessible. People could hear it. You know, he changed up this, that, and the other, and it took well. And then a lot of the bigger mainstream, more popular sites started to cover him because he had a sound that sounded like everything else. Uh, I said this before that Christians, they automatically have an audience. You know, you have the the church. You know, if you're part of a church and you're in a band or you're a rapper or you're an R&B singer, whatever. You have an immediate audience automatically. You can walk into church and, you know, if, if the pastor is your uncle or, or if your mom is, what are the people that do the announcements? Sister, whatever. I don't go to church if, at all. If, if that's one of your relatives, they go, oh, my baby, my baby's a singer. No matter how terrible you are, you can go up there and sing and the whole church is going to clap for you. They go, oh, you're great. You know, so they don't have to focus too hard on their music being that good because... They're not, they're not compete like Lecrae. I don't really think is really competing with a big crit. Lecrae is primarily competing with other Christian artists, other Christian rappers, and since the majority of them are terrible, he's automatically at the front. You know. That's a good point. Yeah, because just like just like the Christians have an automatic audience, those mainstream artists they have. Automatic money behind them, yeah. you know, like like people are gonna listen to what they're exposed to So if you have this big money machine that's throwing money at this artist no matter how terrible he is He's gonna have an audience at some point, you know, like I can't think of anybody that's had money thrown at him like that That's just completely failed immediately like look at whatever look at Trinidad James yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> <laughs> Trinidad James is probably a very nice person in real life, so I would have nothing negative to say about him. And the fact that he got on that easily shows where the industry is now. You have money that's behind this guy based off of one song. And he'll tell you himself he's not a good rapper. He has he used to. I mean, yeah, he might fight After you if you this, say he's not yeah, a good rapper now, yeah. but I mean, I ain't scared of Trinidad. <laughs> he's not a lyricist. He doesn't have any real content in his songs, but what he does is he makes songs that make people feel happy. They make you dance, they make you move your ass, whatever. And that's really all that it takes now, you know? I think from a, a production standpoint, I think that Jay-Z stuck with the times, but as an artist, as a lyricist of what he was and what his foundation as an artist was, he's no longer there. But at the same time, how many artists, hip-hop artists are into their 40s, have crossed so many different platforms of business and being so successful this is uncharted territory so i'm i know it sounds like i'm giving them a pass i, I know it does yeah, but 
I, I, I am. He, he's, he's the first, you know, and Eminem is up there too. Like, how, how many of these guys, like, what, what, what do you really expect from them, right? And, and, and at the end of the day, when you Not listen to... Huh? Not Look, when, when you put on a Jay-Z album, you know where he is in life. You know, so so even though he he's very braggadocious, he, he talks about what he has, he has it. How, like, does Trinidad James, do you really believe Trinidad James and a lot of these er, like up-and-coming rappers have that life? Nah, Jay-Z has that life. What he life? He got money. But he, he don't have Jay Z money. He has thirty yeah, million sneakers. Look, to us, he has Jay Z money. <laughs> I feel you. When it gets to a certain point, it doesn't you. really matter. It's yeah. just a lot of money. A lot of money. Okay. You know. Would y'all mind um, maybe even standing up? Because a lot of people in the back. Can't oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm not a Jay Z hater. I just don't think he. I think Lazy makes very boring music. I give you that. He's got very overrated. So you said Lazy makes boring music. I think he does. I think he made he made great albums when he came out. After he was put onto a pedestal, he quit caring. And now he doesn't have to make good music, because why? He's already got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel like the excitement was gone when it dropped. Like, you know, the, the commercial during the playoffs, every, I was excited. Mm -hmm. Then it dropped. Not so much, you know? <laughs> the lead up for most albums is usually better than the album itself. You know, look at Eminem's album. The yeah. lead up to that was just like, oh my god, I can't wait for this to come out. And then it came out. And even though I still liked the album, even though, you know, when it came out, it's like, man. It, this is it? I'm not, yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. so excited anymore. I was yeah. a lot happier before it dropped. I wish I had another month or two to be that happy. <laughs> what was it like, you know, when you interviewed Crit, you mentioned Logic, and they said that they took y'all's criticism and applied that to their next project. What did that mean to y'all? That, like they really watch us and really appreciate our feedback, our honesty of, of our show. And that's one thing that I think I want a lot of people to rem remember about Dead Hip Hop as well is that we just brutally honest, you know. And for them to take that and still apply it to their next project to make it better or, you know, make sure like, okay, well, I got to make this project, make sure, you know, if Dead Hip Hop listen to it, at least they, you know, like it. So I, I thought it was dope. I thought it was dope that they said that. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, a lot of people always say that that we're hating on people. We hate this, or we hate mainstream. There's a there's a lot of mainstream artists that we review and we like. There's a lot of underground artists that we review and we like, and a lot of underground artists that we hate. So for somebody to really take the time to listen to what we've said and really take it as honest criticism and constructive criticism and apply it, that that's 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 insane. You know, to me. You know, because who am I? I'm just some dude from Atlanta, you know, with an opinion and a cameraman. And <laughs> they watch it and they applied it. That's pretty, that's just awesome. You said that there are some mainstream artists that you like, some you don't like. What do you think sets apart people that you do like and respect from the others? Uh, for me, I think the main thing is um, I have to be able to relate to you. But again, like one of my, one of my favorite artists is Rick Ross. Right. And I like Rick Ross because I, I think that he can rap. Right. And also the stories that he paints is for rich people. One day I would like to be that person. I'm not that person. But if I ever, you know, become that, I would like to spend money like him. You know, I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. But, you know, I, I just think that he is talented. In, in the art of rapping. You know, I don't think he's necessarily, you know, quote unquote a lyricist, but I enjoy his music, you know. 
I, yeah, yeah, you don't have to like Ross. I like Ross. I want to be like Rick Ross. He doesn't do the smartest things in the world, but I, I, want, want, to, I want to be like that. So in yeah, essence, so I so want to be not so that smart. That's not what everything. mainstream music does to me. There you go. Mainstream <laughs> that are not intelligent. Lessons in life today, man. Yeah, even even of what I've noticed when I look back and watch our shows, even though we may agree on a lot of stuff, but we agree on it for different reasons. Like, you know, me and Mike might agree on an album. I might love an album for one reason, but he might love it for a completely different reason or hate it for a completely different reason. So it's and I think that's what that's what attracts about our show is that they look at four different dudes with four different opinions. Like me and Ken liked albums before, but we liked it for completely different reasons. I'm like, I didn't like it because of that, or you know, he'd be like, "B, you tripping? Like, you like it because of that?" So <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. I think that's what makes our show so unique is you got four different opinions every time. Yeah, we all like different stuff, and I think that's one of the things that pull in a lot of viewers because when they're watching the show, at some point, if there is a disagreement we will clash and you will be able to yeah and it would be i mean we'll just be unrelenting and we'll continue to go back and forth until finally he may say all right, all right let's go let's move on to something else or fifo may break it up or anything like that so at any given moment you just never know because we don't communicate with each other before the shoot so we never know as we said earlier what we think about an album so once once those differences collide that's it that's it. When you turn on one of our videos, it's authentic. When you see yeah. when you see me and Ken yelling at each other, it's not staged. That's literally I walked in and I cannot fathom that he thinks this certain thing. Because I guess remember I said I'm an overly opinionated a hole, and I, I own that. So when this poor guy walks into a shooting, he's like I have this idea of this, and I'm just like no. That is a stupid idea. And change your mind today. And by the end of this shoot, you're going to change your mind. And he doesn't, ever. And I'm a, so we just fight. And I'm a, yeah, I'm stubborn. Right. So I'm not going to change my mind because I think he's wrong. Yes. And he doesn't want to admit he's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> and What's there you like have an it. example of the topic or issue that has caused extreme disagreement? Well, this might actually be something yeah. good for you guys to think about. We were talking, this hasn't aired yet. Um, we were talking about the way your clothing may affect uh, how others perceive you. So like, if you're really into hip hop culture and you dress like you're clearly into hip hop culture, does that give cops a right to pull the stop and frisk? My opinion was clearly, absolutely not. And clearly I don't dress like an average hip hop dude. But even if I did, if I was walking around dressed like, like, like FIFO, I don't think a cop. That wasn't. A, was that an insult? I'm sorry. No, nah, I, I, I didn't take it out. Like, that wasn't a shot. I swear. But yeah, like I don't think that gives a cop any right to stop him and say, "Okay, I know you got weed on you." Ken, on the other hand, thinks that you know, if you don't want to be stopped and frisked, don't dress a certain way. So when I was younger, I did dress like that, and I got harassed all the time, you know. And I used to have dreads not too long ago, and I would get stopped. Just, I was telling them I was drinking you know, those Bolt House smoothie drinks. I was drinking one of those driving, a Bolt House smoothie. Like, what's more non-G than that, right? <laughs> and a cop stopped me because he thought it was a 40. Like, I'd really be driving around in a Hyundai Elantra, right? <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking a 40 in the car. Like, it's not a big deal. So, 
Me and him Was had, that a brown bag? It wasn't a brown It was wide open, man. Wide yeah, open, you probably bro. was tossing it back, though. I was tossing it back. Uh, it was good. He's trying to protect the road. He's seen you tossing it back. Kim, Kim, Kim. Yeah, I, I, I would have pulled your ass over. If I see you tossing <laughs> back something, I'm thinking you drinking. You, you, you might be drinking, right? Then what? You can run around and, and hit somebody. Yeah, you, you got a question. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because he's lying. What's the cause? You said that he pulled you over because you were drinking something. And he said, what you got there, buddy? I said, a bolt house movie. You could have been his buddy. <laughs> yeah, okay, so oh. he was wrong, but he saw you drink. He didn't know what you were drinking, but he saw you drinking something. He saw you tossing it back like it was 40 or something. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he just happened to be black. He could have been white and pulled over for the same thing. They do sure. it all the time. It's drinking and, and driving, man. They got to protect the roads, right? Right? Thank you. You see? You see? Thank you. Okay, I kind of have an example that goes with that. It's not about clothing, it's about cars. Um, like, I feel like cops tend to pull over certain cars because they tend to be associated with certain people. Mm. Do you think that's okay? Like, just because you're driving a Dodge Charger with tinted windows, they can't tell if you're black or white, so they're going to go ahead and pull you over? Like, they pulled my white friend over. They saw she was white. They said, never mind, man. Damn. That makes sense. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I understand why it happens. We all know it's racial profiling. I grew up in Mississippi, so I grew up under those type of racial oppressions all the time. So there's certain things that while I don't agree with it, I understand why it happens, whether it's right or wrong. I want to kind of you know, back it up and take a little bit more broad because we're all getting at this with a lot of the questions and one assignment that they had to do they had to analyze the effect that hip-hop has had on race relations you know and you know some scholars say that it has reinforced stereotypes it's made social problems worse others have stated that it's done more for um, race relations than civil rights so this is a heavily debated topic among scholars, public intellectuals, artists. I want to know what your opinion was on the effect hip hop has had on race relations. I, I, think, it, I think it's helped race relations. I mean, I think that the, the, the color lines at this point, with, especially with younger kids, they're, they're totally blurred. Like, not when I was a kid, you know? Like, I, I went to school in Conyers, Georgia. It was a really small place. And, who laughed? <laughs> <laughs> you must know. Yeah, well, you know, and, and race lines were very, very, very like clear cut. You know, blacks hung out with blacks, whites hung out with whites. Um, but now I don't think that that's the case anymore. I see younger kids that just don't think about it that way. And I think a prime example is you know the use of the the N word. You know, it's no longer. It, it's, it's funny. Like the the word went from being a white person's word to then we took it back and it became our word and now it's just everybody's word. Like a really quick funny story last night when we oh went to this God. bar. Oh, this is our God. first experience with Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should have because that was that, that was, was we have something to tell your class now.